This coming Saturday, one of the greatest rivalries in the history of combat sports might be coming to an end. And before you call me hyperbolic like I'm Joe Rogan cutting a UFC promo, name another series that's seen bouts in two different combat sports, where one fighter reached the pinnacle of kickboxing and the other is an all-time great MMA champion. A rivalry that spanned the globe from China to Sao Paulo to the Big Apple to Vice City. Name another that's had four bouts, two for UFC gold with career-defining stakes beyond the most prestigious belt in MMA. Not to mention every fight has been action from start to finish and competitive. Yeah, the main event of UFC 287 is a big deal. But how did we get to Israel Adesanya versus Alex Pereira in Miami with everything on the line? What sparked this rivalry? Where did this beef begin? Why will this fight define the legacy of Israel Adesanya either way when he's already accomplished so much? Well, get your popcorn and your Mike and Ikes because the show's about to start. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point, and this is the long and complicated history of Israel Adesanya and Alex Pereira. Our two protagonists would begin their stories at entirely different points thousands of miles away from each other, both literally and figuratively. Israel Adesanya was born into a well-to-do Nigerian family that relocated to New Zealand in his adolescence. Izzy grew up with hired help and the entire world at his fingertips, but just because he had money and there were opportunities doesn't mean his life was a bed of roses. Izzy was bullied relentlessly at school. When I moved into New Zealand, it was culture shock, definitely, because realizing that being black was a problem. Remember in school, this kid was just giving me shit the whole time, the whole week. And during the weekend, he rode by my house. He's yelling, go back to your country, black knees. Have I done something to this kid? Like, did I say something to him? Like, because I couldn't really fathom, like, why would he even just spend effort on a weekend <laughs> riding by my house? It was in part his desire to defend himself, as well as inspiration from his favorite shonen anime heroes and martial arts movies, that drove Adesanya down a path that would see him become a professional kickboxer by 20 years old after just a few years of serious training. Alex Pereira took a different route but ultimately found the same destination. Born and raised in the favelas of Sao Paulo, Pereira would drop out of school at the age of 12 and start working at a tire shop where he would develop an alcohol dependency forged by daily use that would go on for over a decade. He hadn't even hit his teens and he was an alcoholic with his biggest ambition being to someday have enough cash to afford a motorbike. But as time went on and Alex saw his life spiraling down the drain before he was even a full-grown man, he would turn to the martial arts in hopes that the discipline required would save him from the bottle. It didn't. Not at first, but by the time it did, he was already a professional kickboxer. And it's here where from entirely different starting points, our two main characters would converge. Heroes 1 in Shenzhen, China on April 2nd, 2016, almost exactly seven years ago to the day. By this point in Izzy's 80-fight professional kickboxing career, he'd accomplished quite a bit of what he would in the sport. Prior to stepping through the ropes with Pereira, becoming the champion in three one-night tournaments in Auckland for King in the Ring... ever having suffered two career losses, both decisions to tough competition. Alex came into the bout having won the Glory Middleweight Contender Tournament two years prior with a nasty knockout of Dustin Jacoby. But more 
recently had come up short in two other glory tournaments. The fight was a competitive one and fairly even in the first, but ultimately a round that was awarded to Pereira. He took the second pretty definitively, and in the third, Adesanya rallied, but it wouldn't be enough to get a stop, and so he would lose on all three judges' cards. From here, the two would diverge on their paths briefly before their second encounter nine and a half months later. Stylebender would end up winning a glory middleweight contender tournament before losing to Jason Wilness in his shot at the division's title. Meanwhile, Poetan would only see two bouts, one of which was a TKO loss in China. The second fight between Izzy and Alex would take place at Glory of Heroes 7, this time in Pereira's backyard, Sao Paulo. This bout would be far more favorable for Adesanya. He was landing better in the first, and in the second hurt Alex badly. In fact, if it was MMA, it probably would have been stopped. But instead, he was given a standing eight count. 42 seconds into the third, though, Pereira landed a clean left hook and flattened Adesanya. The first ever stoppage loss he'd ever suffered. Now, based on what you could see from Alex's celebration there, getting in Izzy's face, you would assume that there was some bad blood even at this point. And in part, you would be right. For the first one, not too much. But after that, that he won the first fight, he started talking, you know, when he built up for the rematch in Brazil, saying that he would come to my yard and beat the mutt dog. So he says some pretty heavy stuff. The loss would mark the end of Adesanya's kickboxing career, which many have taken as Pereira running him out of the sport. It's a great narrative to pump up the rivalry, but it's in reality simply not true. By the time of the loss, Israel was a 9-0 MMA fighter with nine stoppage finishes. In his next bout, he would win the AFC Middleweight Championship by defeating Melvin Gillard via first-round TKO. We've only got 20 seconds left on the Melvin, clock. Hang on. Melvin should be able to make oh, it. It's all over there. And a fight later, he would be making his UFC debut. Adesanya had parallel combat sports careers happening at the same time and chose MMA as his sole focus for several reasons. He didn't like how kickboxing matchmaking worked and didn't want to have to pad his record with low-level fights to get back to contender status, as well as the fact that MMA was the closest thing to real combat, which better served his personal goal of being the ultimate warrior, not that one. Not to mention he was seeing success, and the ceiling for combat sports glory in MMA given its popularity is far greater than KB. You could be the best of all time and walk down the street unnoticed. By the time Adesanya had made his UFC debut in early 2018, his old kickboxing rival Pereira had reached a whole new level. He was the reigning glory middleweight champion, a title he would go on to defend five times. No, his nose is already time Izzy had won the middleweight championship from Robert Whitaker, Alex was gearing up for his opportunity to become the glory light heavyweight champion, a goal he would accomplish. We haven't seen Pereira throw those in the last two rounds. The closest one of them all, I think. They still land very powerful. And that will do it. It's anybody's guess. Who is the glory light heavyweight champion? And new glory light heavyweight champion. The world, Alex Pereira. His 
double champ status and his kickboxing career coming to an end in September of 2021 when Adesanya was coming off his third UFC middleweight title defense. Like the narrative that Izzy was driven out of kickboxing because of Alex, it would be awesome to get to say that Pereira's decision to pursue MMA was to chase down this man he knew he could defeat, which has been a popular sentiment even from Adesanya himself. I never chased this fight. I thought like, you know, he's doing kickboxing or whatever. So I focused on my own life. And if you beat someone twice, why you keep chasing them? Because I was doing much better than him. And he saw that and decided, you know what? I'm gonna try and take everything he has. I mean, sure, seeing the guy you beat twice on the cover of video games getting all this attention as this great MMA champion, I'm sure the thought of defeating him a third time was a pleasant one. But to say that it drove Alex to MMA is just not the reality of it. Alex was looking to get into MMA as early as 2015, long before he'd probably ever even heard the name Israel Adesanya. He gave up after three bouts in Jungle Fight over what he saw as corruption holding back his career. <laughs> wanted to do the Contender Series in 2018, but Glory wouldn't let him. And it's not as if he lost the Glory light heavyweight title and suddenly shifted back to MMA afterwards. He was allowed to compete in LFA and did so a year prior to the ending of his kickboxing career. Oh. Over Whoa. and out! That's the power. Holy. So this move was always in the cards for many of the same reasons that Izzy would eventually focus on MMA. What is true about the narrative surrounding his rivalry is that the immediate interest in signing Pereira to the UFC following the end of his run in glory had everything to do with his relationship with Adesanya. I mean, look at the hype that Joe Duffy got for having been the last guy to defeat Conor McGregor. If that dude had beaten Dustin Poirier, they'd have created a title just so they could say that the boogeyman from Conor's past was back to take everything he'd ever worked for. But in Alex, the UFC UFC had a legit top-tier kickboxer from the biggest kickboxing organization in the world, one with real and lasting history with one of their biggest stars. You don't need to be some master booker to piece this one together. Pereira was officially on the fast track. Despite having debuted in the promotion with a career record of 3-1 in November of 2021, it would take Alex just three fights to get his chance at the UFC middleweight title, something that was not lost on Izzy's team. <laughs> I mean, let's not state the obvious, like, there's no way that he gets a title shot if there was no history there. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> it's just ridiculous that someone would get a title shot. That's the history that he's had with Israel and the story, yeah. Pereira's only ranked victory came against number four Sean Strickland, which of course was a great win, but to get the opportunity to fight him, he defeated unranked Bruno Silva via decision. So again, it was pretty clear what the UFC was trying to do here, and given the state of the division, it's hard to blame them, honestly. Adesanya had had two title defenses that were rematches with former opponents, and they were lackluster on the entertainment side of things, as was his his victory over Jared Cannonier. The division was dead and Izzy had killed it. It needed fresh blood. It needed someone who would be an exciting contender, one they could build a narrative around. It needed Alex Pereira, and that's exactly what it got. The buildup to their showdown at UFC 281 in November of 2022 was just about what you would expect. Izzy talking Izzy and Alex dismissing it. Trust me, he knows I put him on skates last time. And this time when I put you on skates, I'm gonna leave you frozen like Elsa. No, he keeps saying, oh, I'm gonna froze, you froze this. Like 
For me, it makes no sense. I'm not even watching cartoon. What are you going to do? You're going to put me on the fridge? Like, Despite the trash talk and social media posts that come with building a fight, there was certainly respect there as both were aware of what the other was capable of, and much like their first two encounters, this one would see high spots for both competitors. The first two rounds were fairly even, with the most notable moment being Adesanya rocking Pereira to end the first. The third round was all Izzy, with him amassing nearly four minutes of control time, and by the end of the fourth, which was another successful round for the champ, it was starting to look like Adesanya had exercised his demons. That was until, in a very similar fashion to their second fight, Pereira would start connecting with huge shots late and put away his rival yet again after being on the brink of defeat at the hands of the judges. It was one of the most shocking and incredible UFC title fight finishes of all time. In the aftermath, two things were abundantly clear. There was likely going to be a rematch, if not immediately, then shortly thereafter, and while Adesanya could dismiss the talk about Poetan being his boogeyman before, after all, that was six years prior, it was in a different sport, it was a lifetime ago in terms of his martial arts progression, and what had he taken from him besides a couple Ws? Nothing. Those fights were for nothing. But this, this was impossible to ignore. He'd taken everything from Adesanya, the middleweight title, his legacy as champion, his legacy as a potential all-time great in mixed martial arts. Now, whether that's fair to go that far, I personally think it's a bit much, but there is no denying it is a popular sentiment. Their names are now interminably intertwined. What happens next and what happens going forward will define both men's careers. Despite all this, what's amazing is how confident the former champion is despite the three losses. I know I can beat him. You've seen I can beat him. He just, I wouldn't say luck. It's fuck luck. It's just, he just invested well. It's good game plan. He's a good fighter. It's my ego, maybe, sure, but... Um, I just believe I'm better. If Adesanya is able to take back his title in impressive fashion this weekend, that might be the end of the narrative. His sentiment that both finishes came late when he made a mistake might very well be rectified. But if his victory is in a close, hard-fought decision, one that it's not entirely clear who deserved it, we might be seeing a fifth and final fight to decide it all. Should Izzy lose? Well, this narrative that he's been actively avoiding about Pereira being his kryptonite will forever be sealed as the reality to most fans. What's been interesting going through this rivalry over the last few days and watching interviews with both fighters, all of this started entirely professionally with no real thought about how the other man would come to define who they are. It was just another matchup, just another win to get back or another chance to prove that they were the better fighter. But through the escalating scope of their encounters, the massive success both fighters have had, and the impact that the rivalry has had on their lives and their careers, everything about what has largely been a cordial feud has now become deeply personal. I don't know him as a person, but I told him after the fight, he came up to me, he said, hey, hey, respect, respect. I was like, I don't like you, you don't like me, but respect. And we shook hands. Why don't you like him? Energies don't mix, and that's okay. This is war. This war still wages on. Do you feel like he doesn't like you? I know he doesn't like me. The stakes couldn't be higher on Saturday night. And hopefully now that you're a bit more aware of their history together beyond the last fight and the lead up to this one, you'll understand the gravity of what's going to take place in the octagon at UFC 287 this weekend. You know what else is a massive deal? The incredible editing of this video done by Luke Taylor. Please follow my dude on social media and send him pictures of adorable penguins. Follow Ben Rosette as well for those awesome tunes he gives us. And like and subscribe because that makes me look good. How are you feeling about this rivalry? How do you think it's going to end? Sound off in the comments down below. Thanks for watching. I can't wait to see this one on Saturday night, and I'll see you afterwards with the autopsy.